And this is AP from the tailgate on my baggy football brought to you by Bright Beginnings, preschool and childhood development dedicated to providing an exciting opportunity to learn, explore, and grow. Visit their website at mybrightbeginner.com or contact Carrie. Uh, folks, once again, don't forget to call us to email us at iagstailgate at gmail.com. Send us comments. Uh, let us know what you think of this episode, uh, questions, or any comments as well. You can also hit us up on the YouTube page, make a comment there, Facebook, Instagram, lots of different options. So uh, just let us know what you got going on. Um, let's see. So, folks, Saturday football started this past weekend. Uh, before we get into sort of what to expect this weekend with the Aggies, um, let's do a little Saturday recap. So, uh, Saturday recap brought to you by Cardi's Pub and Grill, where the food is tasty, the drinks are cold, and the women are hot. Yes, they are. We spent a little time at Carney's on Saturday, actually, watching some of the games. Fun times, fun times, great crowd, great crowd. So, what did we learn Saturday? We learned that Scott Frost is going to get fired this year. Uh, look, guys, Nebraska, they just looked horrible. One, there's no question that they've got, they had the better athletes and on the field compared to Northwestern. Not that they have, you know, the greatest athletes on the planet, but that team was more talented than what Northwestern was putting on the field, but Northwestern was just a better coach, much more sound team. Once again, Nebraska shows up. They can't stop the run. They can't tackle big gaping holes in the running game on defense. It's just incredible to see what they've done there. Also very interesting at the fact that, you know, they replaced the offensive coordinator, but really last year, the biggest issue was that defense. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Scott Frost is doing. Uh, obviously, he's got a long ways to go. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make it through the season. Um, you know, and I'm also very surprised at the fact that just they just can't get the skill position players right. What's up? What's up with those guys not being able to recruit? quality running backs, quality wide receivers. I know under Scott Frost, they really haven't run the ball with those running backs very well. So maybe that's part of it. I'm not sure. Either way, uh, they're not going to do very well uh, for the rest of the year. I think for the rest of the year, pretty much. Oklahoma's probably laughing their butts all the way to the bank with <laughs> this game coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, same weekend as the Miami game for us. Um, and it just really makes no sense what, I mean, what Frost is doing with regards to that onside kick. Uh, you know, they sit in there, they've got a lead, they're sitting, they, they've got some momentum, they just scored. All they got to do is kick off and force Northwestern to drive the field, which they hadn't done very well, especially in order in, with the ability to finish off drives. So I'm not sure exactly what he was thinking. Obviously, it backfired. You know, five plays later, Northwestern scores a touchdown. And Nebraska never scores again. What else did we see on Saturday? Well, how about Bandy, baby? Bandy puts up 63 points. That is unexpected. How bad is Hawaii? Hmm. Oh, pretty bad. Pretty bad. 
you know, but more than anything else, they run for 404 yards, nine yard average, 163 yards rushing by the quarterback. So, yeah, great performance. Good showing there by Vandy against Hawaii uh, on the road. But that's not going to carry over into the SEC. Having said that, I fully expect Vandy to go over the win total, which, by the way, is the bet I took. So, uh, you know, the question really with Vandy is, do they win an SEC game this year? Maybe. Mizzou? You know, they play South Carolina, obviously. Uh, can they sneak up on a Florida team that maybe still hasn't transitioned to the new coaching staff? I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Mizzou because Mizzou's really not that good either. But honestly, the score is a little bit deceptive. They did get two touchdowns from their defense off of fumble returns. Probably not something you're going to see con consistently. Um, but, hey, it's better than they showed all of last year. So progress. Uh, UNC played a FAMU team that uh, was missing like 20-some-odd players, 25, 27 players, um, because of grades and eligibility, apparently a big issue for the FAMU administration and the folks over there in that program. But UNC didn't look all that impressive. You know, the freshman quarterback, Mays, uh, had a good had a good game. Five touchdowns. 200 and, what was it, 290-something uh, yards, I think. You know, so a little under 300 yards passing. So good day by, by him. But at the same time, overall, that game was still in play at halftime, right? That's the, that game was still in play at halftime against a team that had absolutely no depth um, and which should be out-talented anyway. Little concerned about the quality of opponent that UNC is. We do get to see them next, this coming week, this weekend at the same time as the Aggies are playing against App State, our week two opponent. So that'll be an interesting, an interesting matchup um, just to see where App State stands before we get to play them. So uh, Western Kentucky led the nation in yards last year, offense last year. I mean, those guys were explosive as could be. You've heard us talk many a time how, how much we liked their uh, offensive game plan and scheme. Um, the offensive coordinator goes over to Tech, Texas Tech, uh, to go play, to go call plays over there as their coordinator. They also obviously lost their quarterback, uh, who led the nation in passing yards last year. Look, they just didn't look quite as explosive. They won't lead the country in yards and offense this year. That's just all there is to it. Uh, and not only that, defensively, they gave up 170-plus yards rushing to Austin Peay. You may be asking yourself, where in the world is Austin Peay? Um, good question. Good question. I believe it's Tennessee, by the way. Uh, so Western Kentucky, I thought was going to be a fun game because of the fact that they were just going to 
score, score, score. Um, but their offense took a little bit of a step back. And then another game concerning a big-time program, or formerly big-time program, Jimbo, former stomping grounds over at Florida State, they beat Duquesne 47-7. to Pretty impressive, I guess, but it's Duquesne. So have they made any progress? Well, last year they lost, I believe, in the second week to Jacksonville State. So at least they didn't lose to the Jacksonville State or Duquesne this year, this week. That's a good, that's good progress for Florida State, right? Uh, not sure where that program's at. I don't, I still don't think that they're probably very good, but we'll learn a lot more about them in the next couple of weeks. All right. Now, game week, baby. Uh, play Sam Houston this weekend. 11 a.m. kickoff at Kyle Field. Weather might be a little sloppy. Uh, supposed to get some rain. They say that it may, the rain may last or wait until in the afternoon. So that, you know, is something to look, look out for, especially if you're attending the game, going to tailgate or whatever it is. Um, but let's talk a little bit about what to expect from this team. All right, so Jimbo keeps building up Sam Houston. And obviously, look, they've lost, as he said, one game in the last two years. One game in the last two years. But let's remember, they're in a lower division. Now, they won a national championship. That's pretty impressive. And then they only lost one game last year. So there's something to be said about that. They're a well-coached team. They, you know, they probably are pretty sound as far as what they're doing. Um, and you know they're going to, you know, come out with some competitiveness and fire. Uh, not to mention, they're the school from right down the road. And when you're right down the road, everybody, all they do is talk about Texas A&M football. The biggest, the one thing you want to do is come out here and show out. Not to mention, for a lot of these guys, this is going to be their one opportunity to get out in front of the big-time big scouts, right? So, so what's going to happen in this game? Well, unfortunately for Sam Houston, in spite of everything that Jimbo wants to tell us and the fact that this team is good, 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 they just can't match up athletically, right? They can't match up athletically. So when it comes right down to it, when it comes right down to it, the Aggies are still going to roll on Saturday. Um, it won't be competitive. This game will be out of reach by halftime. Um, and, and in all honesty, that's good. That's good for the Aggie faithful because of the fact that now we get to see some of that depth that we've been touting, right? Some of those, some of those younger guys or guys that may not get as much playing time in the second half, those guys are all going to be on the field. And that's going to be huge for this Aggie team. Everybody needs experience as the year goes on so that this team gets better and better going into next year so that they get into a mold of reload, not rebuild. It is important. It is important that these guys get reps in games like these. Right, because there is no replacing game reps. So, you know, regarding Sam Houston, sure, we, they've talked about it a bunch. Hey, they got a couple of D1 guys, you know, former Georgia Tech run, uh, quarterback who's going to be starting, and the guy's a dual threat. So what does that mean? 
Well, what it really means is that at least for our defense, it's going to force them to be sound, right? To stay in their lanes, to make sure and contain the quarterback. And that's good practice early in the season. Let's see some mistakes, right? We're going to have some mistakes. Let's see them early in the process where athletically we're going to be able to make up for them against the Sam Houston team. While when we face Arkansas or Alabama, you know, it's a different story, right? Let's have those fixed by then. So this, while not in the same, in the same realm, right? Being able to see a quarterback who's got that sort of running ability and get can get you some get you into trouble defensively if you if you're out of place or rushing in the wrong lane um if you if you do too much stunting and and bring in too many overloaded blitzes or things like that that quarterback can hurt you right and against this team he's gonna he, he could hurt you for a first down maybe but he's probably not going to break it for a touchdown. So it's a good time to try to get those those mistakes corrected and make sure that you're hitting on those things in practice after they happen in the game. Um, so that's one benefit of facing this Sam Houston team is that defensively they will see some of that. The other thing I will say is we've talked about it in the offseason. You know, we'll get a really good idea of what – Durkin wants to do defensively, especially base-wise, right? Because this is this is game one. This is game one. The opponent isn't exactly a top-notch opponent. This should be a situation in which they're working specifically to try to get all the kinks out of some of the base packages that they like to use. So I would imagine that Durkin's going to run a lot of his base stuff with some different things in there, of course, some different blitzes, some different opportunities to bring pressure, different coverages, but generally nothing too exotic where, you know, you're sort of showing everything to future opponents, right? Let's let's see if let's see how we do with some of the base stuff and go from there. Not to mention this defense is so loaded, the truth is they can run a lot of base type alignments without being overly complicated and still come out on the winning end. The other side of it will be just testing the tackle, right? Testing the tackle because when you get right down to it, these guys are probably going to get the ball out in space quite a bit. Try to get it to some of the, their, their players out there and some of the playmakers. Now, are these guys the best athletes on the planet? No. Are they as good athletes as we're going to see later in the year? No. But at the same time, first impressions, right? First competition against a guy that's not wearing a maroon and white so on this occasion you want to see how that how that follows through how's the tackling under Durkin right first game can they can they come in there and make sure to minimize yardage right and that's going to be big for this defense turning the turning it around onto the offense uh, set news is going to be pretty multiple on defense. You know, they're not going to be able to match up man-to-man -man and try to just go head up on the hog mollies, right? They're not going to be able to sit in there and manhandle the maroon goons. But where this thing becomes 
becomes a good matchup is the fact that Sam Houston's going to do a lot of stunting, moving with their defensive line, sending linebackers through through gaps, trying to get the guys in the secondary through gaps, right? And so at this point, what you're looking for is not one-on-one matchups from your offensive line because they should win those. It's can they pick up and recognize some of these different looks, some of the movement. Last year, they weren't very good in combo blocks, especially with guys crossing face and things of that nature. Can they come back and recognize those things with this group under the new offensive line coach, Adazio? Can they pick up some of the movement? Can they avoid getting into trouble when the defensive line is shifting, when the defensive line is stunting, when there's twists? Can they pick those things up, work together? One of the other things that we haven't talked about much is they haven't played together that much, right? Because guys have been out, Lane Robinson's missed some time, you know, Foster's missed time. Is it going to be him or Wyckoff with the first group? Uh, you know, uh, at, at left guard, is it going to be Moko? Is it going to be Aki? They've been switching it out. Um, different things of that nature. Trey Zoom's missed a little bit of time here and there. So now, how, how is this group going to react as far as working together? Because they haven't been together as a unit for the entire fall camp, right? There's been, from time to time, they've been together. We'll see who ends up in that first group. But, but they haven't had the opportunity to just work together, work together for like two straight weeks, right? Getting all the different views, trying to make sure the communication's there. Sometimes with those guys, it becomes even a, a, a feel, right? We used to talk about it when, on the, when I coached offensive line and was an offensive coordinator, right? It's almost a feel. Like I, could, I knew exactly when he wanted me to come off because of the, the push he would give me from his body, right? And so some of that comes in comes into play. Do they have that connection yet? Um, that's the question. And at least we'll get a chance to see some of that this Saturday. Where does that offensive line group stand? What do they need to improve on as far as recognition? Because when it comes down to it, one-on-one blocks, this group should dominate, right? The defensive line for Sam Houston is not big. They don't have a, a ton of size out there. These guys are not going to be able to just manhandle their offensive linemen or take them on one-on-one. What they can do is try to split the gaps, split the gaps and create create some havoc in the backfield based off of the, the penetration, right? So that's what they're going to try to do. If the Aggies can work together, that shouldn't be an issue. The other side that we want to see, at least I want to see, is, look, Jimbo's been talking it. He's been talking it all offseason. This offense is going to be explosive. This offense is going to be more explosive. We've been working on it. Going down the field, let's throw the football to the wide receivers down the field. Let's throw the football down the field to to, uh, Devon A-Chain, right? Time, time to see it. Time to see it. Uh, will we go down to Stewart? We'll get Stewart down the fields deep. 
Haynes King get him the ball. Lonia Smith get some opportunities. Maybe on a post route, corner route, get over the top. Um, can they? Will they get the ball to a chain in the passing game? A, you know, a wheel route or something like that. Will they use any screens? Uh, how about a double move? Chase Lane, maybe? How about Moose, right? So all these guys, all these guys have opportunities to make plays. The question is, are they going to be given the opportunity to make plays down the field? Will Jimbo call the plays to, to get him down the field? And will the quarterback execute the plays to get him down the field? Um, and do so without having turnovers. That's also a big part of it, right? So that's what I want to see from the offense. That's I want to see if those guys can come in and create explosive plays. Can the offensive line handle the different looks? Uh, aside from that, I expect this to be a whooping. <laughs> you know, I still think, I still think when it comes right down to it, they're still going to run the football, right? I wouldn't be surprised if A-Chain has 150 yards in this game and doesn't play in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a couple of touchdowns in this game, including one through the air. Uh, if you ask me who's going to lead the team rushing, that's an easy question. Um, question now becomes, going into that second half, who picks up the slack when A-Chain is in, on the bench, right? Once this game is out of hand, who's getting the carries? Will it be Crown over? Will it be Johnson? You know, Amari? And that's that's going to be the question. You know, who's getting those backup carries? Who's getting those backup touches? Uh, Le'Veon Moss. How about him? Does he get on the field? You know, everything we know about the guy is that he's been excellent in practice with the ball in his hands. Question is, how about with the ball not in his hands? Does he know what to do in situations in the passing game, uh, as a blocker, those types of things. So it'll be interesting to see what happens after A-Chain isn't on the field. Now, this, look, if you want to start the A-Chain Heisman train, give him the ball. Give him the ball. Because he could rush for 250 tomorrow on Saturday, uh, no problem. He could rush for 250 on Saturday, no problem. I don't think he gets those carries. I think he probably ends up, you know, 150 on, I don't know, maybe 12 carries or 15 carries or something like that. I mean, that's sort of the expectation, breaking a couple of big ones. That's my expectation, at least. So how about the quarterback? How about Hayden's King? Look, everybody's been making such a big deal about the starter on this team. Naming the starting quarterback. Naming the starting quarterback. Well, if you've been paying attention at all, if you've been paying attention to the podcast at all, you know that Haynes King was going to be the guy. You knew that Haynes King was going to be the guy. And the reason I say that is because of the fact that, end of the day, he's the one that is going to allow this offense to be as explosive as it can be. Connor will in time. 
But when you compare Haynes and you compare Max Johnson, there's no question of who the guy is that's going to create the big plays. And it's not even close. You know, a lot of a lot of the narrative now is how close was this race? How close was this race? Was Max Johnson really in it? No, he wasn't. Folks at Texas might tell you different. You know, uh, Nuno and uh, Billy, those guys may tell you different. They may say, oh, no, this was a close. It wasn't. Haynes King was going to win this race, this competition from day one, right? As long as he was healthy, he was going to get the start against Sam Houston. As long as he's healthy, he will continue to get the start for this Aggie football team all season. The one X factor will be turnovers. Because I do believe that if he is highly turnover prone, that could change. But he would have to throw a lot of interceptions. So uh, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. So what does Haynes do on Saturday? I have a feeling that Jimbo's going to want to show some of that big play. But at the same time, Jimbo's not a guy that runs up the score, right? So he's probably going to play two and a half quarters. Two and a half quarters, and in two and a half quarters, have something along the lines of 275 yards. Um, he'll probably have a couple of touchdown passes. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he doesn't throw a pick, which would be a good thing. So I think Haynes is going to have a good game. I think after the fact, Max Johnson's going to come in. They're going to let him sort of work through it. Um, he'll put up some plays. He'll get some opportunities there. But he's not going to be slinging it as much. Um, and at the end of the day, the running game will finish it out. How about on the outside? Wide receivers, tight ends. What are we going to see from them? The first thing we're going to see is that Max Wright is your starting tight end. The reason being is that, you know, he's going to be an all-around guy. He's Now, is he as athletic as some of the freshmen, Green and, you know, Johnson, uh, Theo? No, he's not. He's not, as, he's not as athletic as those guys. And he's not going to be as big time in the passing game as those guys. But he's going to be reliable on every down. And so he's going to get a lot of those every down reps. And maybe on passing downs, he comes out and you know, one of those young guys go, comes in. Who is going to be the first of those young guys to get on the field? Jake Johnson. I think it's Jake Johnson. That's what I think. I think it's Jake Johnson because the guy, one, has the pedigree, has sort of a, you know, understanding of football. He's He's been around it, played in it. The other guy that might get some reps is green. And the reason I say green is because he's probably the most polished in the passing game. That's probably true. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. I'd love by the second half to see both of those guys on the field, let them get a couple of plays here and there. But end of the day, in the, in the real and important time of this game, 
when the game is still in reach, Max Wright is probably going to be getting a lot of the reps at tight end. That would be my guess. As far as wide receivers concerned, I think we know who those guys are, right? Chase Lane's going to be on the field because he is one of Jimbo's favorite guys, period. He's been in the system for a long time. He's, he, he's, he normally is going to be in the right place. He's not as explosive as some of these other guys. But at the end of the day, Jimbo appreciates his consistency and his ability to be right. Chase Lane will be one of your starters. Obviously, we know Evan Stewart is another one of those guys, and Anaya Smith is another one of those guys. Don't be surprised if Anaya Smith does a little bit of moving around and does some different things, but those guys will be your starting wide receivers. In the rotation, Moose will get in. I myself think Moose should be starting in front of Chase, but that's just me. That's me. I think he's a bigger playmaker. I think he's got better hands. I think the guy has a special feel for making plays. And to me, that guy needs to be on the field. It's going to be Jimbo's job to make sure that those guys get in. And those guys, I mean Moose, I mean Jalen Preston, uh, Price, uh, the, the, the freshman Thomas Marshall, you know, those guys, can, can he get them on the field? Because his history says that he's going to leave the same three guys in there as long as he possibly can unless they need a breather. That's what he's done in the past. But we got incredible depth this year, incredible depth this year. And those guys need experience, and they need reps, right? So let's get those guys on the field, especially a guy like Moose, especially a guy like Preston, who can both make big plays and have shown it, right, and have shown it. Um, at the end of the day, Anaya Smith will lead the team in receptions tomorrow on Saturday. He's going to. Um, and I expect him to have, have a good game. Now, he's coming off an injury, so, you know, he, he may not see that many reps in the second half, right? He still lead this team in receptions. That's what I see. What do we expect from the defense? Well, let's talk, let's finish off with the offense. How many, what are they going to score? What are they going to score? I expect this team to put up, score in the 50s. In the 50s. And the reason is that I expect some big plays early. I expect it to get out of hand early. And then at the end, I still expect the running game to make some plays and score a few more times. So I do expect to score in the 50s for this offense. Um, we'll see if they can avoid the turnover and get there. How about the defense? What do we expect from the defense? Well, the first thing I expect from this defense is that Antonio Johnson will be a beast. <laughs> that's, just, that's just what it is. The guy is a monster. So he's going to be a catalyst for this defense. But not only that, Edger and Cooper, I think, is a guy that's going to show up. And remember, the one position on this defense that we probably don't have a ton of depth at is linebacker. So I expect that guy to get a lot of reps, and I expect him to make a lot of plays. 
all over the field, sideline to sideline, because that's who he is. He's that athletic. He's a better athlete than the guys he'll be playing against on that Sam Houston team at tailback, at tight end, even even some of the receivers, right? I mean, the guy's a beast. So Cooper's going to have a big day. I want to see what Andre White does. I want to see that, you know, after this offseason where everybody's been talking about Coop, Everybody's been talking about a lack of depth by this linebacking group. Everybody's been talking about, you know, sort of who's going to step up into that role. Andre White as a senior, what does he do? Does he take on that challenge? Does he say, hey, ain't no need for all that wondering. I got this. I don't know. I don't know. I thought that there was a point in the offseason where he looked like he was coming on. And here lately, I don't know what it is. He just doesn't look like he's at that elite level, right? Um, And does that mean that eventually throughout the season, he starts losing reps to guys like Harris and Harris, the two freshmen? I don't know. I don't know. I think ultimately he steps up. I think ultimately he has a good year, not a great year. And I think to this weekend on Saturday, you know, we start to see some of that. So I do expect him to have a good game, solid game, not a great game. In the secondary, Jordan Gilbert is going to show why he's the starting safety on this team. I wouldn't be surprised if he had an interception on Saturday. Uh, actually, I kind of expect him to. Look, this guy is is going to be playing that role of Leon O'Neal. He's athletic as can be. He's looked just incredibly sharp during the off during fall camp. Um, he's reacting to balls in the air, breaking on things. Not to mention, I mean, his cover skills are through the roof. So, uh, you know, I do expect that guy to have a big time game. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Bryce Anderson also gets some reps in there and makes some plays, right? Uh, get some of those guys in because at some point in the season, you're probably going to need them. And then, of course, you got Damani, who's going to be solid, 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 just an absolute stud. Um, senior year, he looks better than he has ever while his time here. You know, I think that they've simplified some things for him to let him play faster. And I think it's helped him a lot. Um, So that group of safeties right there is going to be the big part of this defense. They'll be making plays in the running game. They'll be making plays against the pass. Um, And will be a huge, huge reason why this defense ends up being one of the best in the country um, when it's all said and done. Then you can go up to defensive line. I mean, that's all everybody's talked about, right? Hey, Aggies recruiting this defensive lineman. They've got the number one class, yada, yada, yada. Well, let me tell you this. This is not going to be about this number one class. This is not going to be about the recruiting class. It's going to be about it's going to be about the guys that have been here. Start with McKinley Jackson. Start with Isaiah Rakes. Start with Fidel Diggs. Uh, Adelier. Burris. Those guys have been on campus, right? Those guys, you know, 
Shamar Turner is another guy, right? All guys that have been on campus that are going to be playing big roles on Saturday and will be the first guys out there on the field. Um, and they've got and those guys. Those guys can make plays, man, and they're big time players, right? Uh, you know, people keep forgetting that Jimbo's been recruiting here for five years, not one, five years, all top 10 recruiting classes, right? Um, so, so don't forget about the guys that have been around because at the end of the day, those are going to be the key contributors here. Now, will the freshmen get in? Sure. Sure will. Guys like Anthony Lucas, definitely going to get some reps, right? I think... I think a guy like Stewart is definitely going to get some reps in that defensive line, right? Um, you know, there's a couple of guys that have been banged up in Dindy and uh, even, you know, and I White at times earlier in camp. You know, will, will White come in and get some reps? That's a good question, you know. Um, but you've got guys like Stewart, you've got guys like Nolan, you've got guys like Lucas, all those guys should get reps. All those guys should get reps. Um, and then, you know, the question is, once this thing gets out of hand, do you start seeing guys like Overton and White and some other, some other folks like that? So, you know, the depth I think will end up coming out they will send some guys in there to to get some reps. It won't be the same group over and over again. Um, I'm excited to see where the rush is coming from. I want to see who's the defensive end on third down. Are they using a lot of blitzes on third and long with Antonio coming off the edge with White coming off the edge with Cooper coming off the edge, things like that, right? And that's going to be the interesting part of what, what happens on Saturday is sort of seeing how this defense comes together on that sense. We know who the players are. We know who the guys on the field are. The question is, how do they all come together under this new scheme? And I expect the front to be nasty, nasty, nasty. Sam Houston will not run the football, not, a, not with their traditional running game anyway. Um, the question is, you know, can the quarterback get sneak some yards out of there and steal some yards? Um, I don't think I don't think they can do it. I think this team is going to be pretty salty when it comes right down to it. Uh, but that's the big that's the big it. Um, so what is the last group that we're talking about? Cornerbacks, And the reason I left them for last is because this has been sort of the question here in the last couple of weeks, health at the cornerback spot, right? So guys like Miles, guys like Chappelle have all missed time, right? Those are two guys that have started on this campus for a long time on various occasions. Chappelle had an awesome, awesome freshman year. And if he were healthy, if he is healthy, I'd say he's our best cover guy this year from what he showed last year. He had a big time year. Now, unfortunately for him, he's been a little nicked up. Will he be on the field on Saturday? Because I want to see him and see how he performs in year two. 
Remember, we talked about Jalen Jones. We talked about Jalen Jones coming in year one, just, you know, making a lot of plays, showing out a little bit. And then year two, he took a step back. So Jalen, in year three, can he now come back and really take over his spot at corner, take over a dominating role where he makes plays and it shows the reason he was a top-end recruit, right? What happens with Jalen on that end? Same thing, Chappelle. Come into his second year. Can he show that he's not going to take that step back? It's a good question. For me, that guy is a guy that's had to overcome, right? Got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. If he's healthy, I think he'll be out there. And then you got Miles Jones in the rotation. You got Brian George in the rotation. You know, so you, you got other guys. Um, you got other guys that you can still, still bring in and play and be in good shape before you even get to the freshman, right? Or even a guy like Josh Moten who's coming off an injury from last year. Um, you know, so there are some fellas that can get some time in there. What are you going to get from Matthews at safety at the freshman, right? How about, you know, Denver Harris at corner? Is he going to be on the field and taking some, taking some reps as well? Um, you know, all those guys may factor in on Saturday, but the early snaps, you'll be able to see where do things fall as far as where the actual death chart for this team. And I'm interested in that. I'm interested to see how the cornerbacks come out there. So, um, and they'll get, they'll, they'll get tested in the quick game, right? They'll get tested in the quick game. They'll also get tested, you know, with some, a couple of throws down the field, because I know that they'll be put one-on-one -on, -one on some of these receivers from time to time. And I know that Sam Houston's going to try to hit you over the top. So they will get tested. How do they respond? Well, here's your answer. I don't think this defense gives up more than 10 points. I don't think this defense gives up more than 10 points on Saturday. I think the offense scores in the 50s. That tells you where I think this game is going to be. I expect it to be very close to um, 40s, less than 10 points on defense halfway through the third quarter. So that gives you an idea of the dominance that I think the Aggies are going to show. Now, let me tell you, man, I can't, <laughs> I can't emphasize how much I'm tired of listening to the folks over there at Texas explain how this team has already made it, right? They're already, you know, they, two years ago, they should have made the playoffs. Two years ago, they should have made the playoffs. Okay, the best team they beat was a Florida team that had four losses. So they've been in the playoffs, maybe. Maybe they should have been in there ahead of Notre Dame. I'm not going to say that's, that's not the case. They still didn't do anything to really showcase the talent on the field. They didn't do anything to showcase the talent on the field. The best win was against a poor, a bad, let's say, Medium of the medium of me, middle of the line, Florida team. 
They didn't play against Ole Miss. Well, that happened with that explosive offense, right? I don't want to hear about how we're already there. Look, we're not there until we win a championship. Don't tell me about last year, all the injuries. I don't care. Everybody has injuries. We still lost to LSU. They had more losses in their personnel than we did. We lost to them. We were still more talented than the two Mississippi schools. We lost to them. You know, I don't want to hear it. This is the year that it's time to show. And if we can get explosive plays from this offense, I think we'll have a chance. Around the nation, what else is there to watch? Well, there's some nice Thursday games. Uh, Central Michigan and Okie State, just to see what, what's going on at Okie State this year. They lost a lot after last year. Can they turn it around? Uh, Tennessee Ball State, obviously, uh, just to see the SEC squad. That's a Thursday night game. Um, you know, you've got a team like La Tech versus Mizzou. Um, on Thursday night, I think Mizzou's not very good. We'll see what, what comes of that. Friday, Temple against Duke. Interesting because of the fact that our former defensive coordinator is now the head coach at Duke. So let's take something about that. Let's see how he does. I expect him to win, by the way. Saturday, there's some good games. I've talked about earlier UNC App State. Obviously, App State is our opponent the week after, so it'll be interesting to see how they do, how they play against UNC. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the game. The line is even, which is interesting. Uh, Oregon and Georgia, obviously, game of the day. Um, They're playing in Atlanta. They're playing in Atlanta, so it's basically a home game against Georgia. I... Look, I think Georgia's going to win this game. I just think it's going to be closer than people think. Oregon's got a great familiarity with this, obviously, the scheme over there at Georgia and what they like to do um, because Lanning was their defensive coordinator last year. He knows the strengths and weaknesses of the guys that are playing offense for Georgia, which hasn't necessarily been their strength. So I do expect that to be an interesting game, closer than people expect. Um, Cincy and Arkansas. Once again, everybody still has Cincy ranked way up there. And look, they lost a ton of talent, but people think that they're one of the better coach teams in the country. They made the, they made the playoffs last year, right? So this will be a big game for them. It'll be a big game for Arkansas. I think reloading from all the things that they lost after last year, I think Arkansas has got an opportunity here to get the season off on the right on the right track and, you know, show that all the hype they've been getting, all the hype that Pittman's been getting, that it's worth it, right, that that they deserve. So that'll be an interesting one. I'll watch that. Uh, Houston and UTSA, two teams that were really good last year at the lower level a little bit. Um, so we'll see what, what happens in-state, obviously, opponents there. Uh, is Houston going to take that next step? Do they have a chance to be the the non-Power 5 participant in the playoffs this year? Hmm, I don't know. But North Dakota and Nebraska, <laughs> will Scott Frost get fired on Saturday if they lose to North Dakota? Uh, not sure. 
Utah and Florida is an interesting game. Utah, obviously, Pac-12 champs. Um, and Florida coming off of a season that was very poor, but under new leadership. What can they do? How about all the hype around Richardson? I fully expect Utah to be the better team here. Um, I expect those guys to instill their will on the Florida team because they are physical. Notre Dame, Ohio State. Ohio State, obviously, all the talent in the world. Uh, the hype is through the roof. Notre Dame lost a ton, including their head coach. Um, how do they react and how do they come out after all those losses? Can they, can, can Freeman, the new head coach over there, get those guys ready to go? Memphis and Mississippi State. Memphis won that game last year. You know what? What's Mississippi State going to do? They're, they're not favored by 15. Uh, is that deserved? Will they come out and play? You know, the Pirate always has games in which they don't show up, sometimes early in the season. We'll see if this is one of them. I expect Mississippi State to win this game. Florida State, LSU. <laughs> All right, Florida State's got a game under their belt. What does Brian Kelly have in store for those guys? Um, look, LSU's clearly the more talented team, even with the losses that they've had in personnel and everything else and all the issues and all that, even after Ed O just absolutely killed their, you know, roster and team, they're still the better team. In game one under Brian Kelly, can they show that? Uh, there's a lot to be said about getting that game experience, that one game underneath your belt. So I think it's going to be a tight game. Eventually, I think LSU wins. All right. Questions from the tailgate brought to you by Frida Holmes, Building Aggie Dreams, FridaHolmes.com. Go take a look at some of their stuff. Uh, question one, will King solidify his QB, his QB1 position on Saturday or open the door for more comp? Well, I think from my statement earlier about what his yards and everything are going to be, you can tell that I think he's going to solidify. I don't think he's going to throw any picks on Saturday. If he does, that's how he starts opening the door. Um, but I expect him to have a big game, some big plays, uh, hit some, some balls down the field. And like I said, no interceptions. All right. Question two, who will be talking about after the game? Well, thank y'all. I think after the game, we're talking Haynes King. We're talking Haynes King because of his performance at that, in, you know, with the big play. We're talking about Devon Achen. Devon Achen after a big, big, some some big time runs and showing out. But I think most of all, we're going to be talking about that offensive line. The reason we're going to be talking about that offensive line is because I expect him to dominate. Dominate. Um, so, who are we talking about after the game? Pretty much the Aggies. What can I say? Giga Mags. AP, sign out from the tailgate.